Hi, this is Kimberly Miller with the Palm Beach Post. I cover the weather and the environment for the paper, and this will be my fifth hurricane season as the lead storm reporter for the Post. June 1st is the official first day of hurricane season, but we've already had one named storm under our belt with the short-lived subtropical storm Andrea. On Friday, we went down to the National Hurricane Center in Miami where they held an open house. We thought we'd share some of what we learned and what the concerns we're hearing from emergency managers and meteorologists uh, that they have going into this hurricane season. We're here at the Operations Center, the National Hurricane Center, with Branch Chief Michael Brennan. Now, one of the new things that was operational last year was the GOES East satellite. It has 16 channels, whereas previously it only had four, and it can do images every 30 seconds in some situations, where before they were getting them maybe every 30 minutes. So can you tell us, Michael, a little bit about um, how GOES East is helping you with the forecasts? Yeah, sure. GOES East is really uh, provided a lot more satellite data. So we're getting more detailed imagery. The, the, the resolution of the pictures is finer, so we're able to see more structure in the images. And as you said, we're getting the images more frequently. Before, we would get images over storms out at sea, away from the United States, maybe only every 30 minutes. Now we're getting global imagery every 10 minutes, and we can actually ask for request imagery uh, over a, a particular storm and get it every minute. Um, it's been really valuable to us in monitoring developing storms, because we're trying to see if a center is formed, and that's one of the requirements to have a tropical depression or a tropical storm, is that has a closed off low level center. So when you get imagery every minute, you can actually watch those low cloud lines and the visible imagery, and you can see if the center is closing off. Whereas before with imagery only every 30 minutes, it was a lot more difficult to sort of make that connection. So so it's been really valuable in those situations. So more, so quicker um, observations of when a storm forms. And why is that important, knowing when it's forming? Because well, when, when we have a storm forming, we're, that's actually when we start our whole forecast process. That's when everybody starts to see the track and the intensity and the size forecast. Uh, so that's a really sort of important step in the whole, in whole, getting the word out. Is it, we, We've made it a little easier now that we can do these potential tropical cyclone mm -hmm. advisors, where in the past we were sort of had to wait till a storm formed. Now we can actually get the watches and warnings out. Uh, sooner uh, if a storm's not quite there, but it's still helpful in monitoring that and, and actually knowing where to send the aircraft. Do we think there's a center developing in a certain location so it can actually help us to uh, better uh, task the airplanes uh, in certain situations. So out of the 16 channels, um, are there ones that you look at more often that are more helpful? Yeah, I think, well, we're used to the sort of standard visible infrared water vapor channels that are, we could, you could call them sort of the legacy channels, you know, and that's what we still are, are using primarily, but there's a lot of new tools there. I mean, we still have the Vorak technique, which is our satellite intensity estimate technique that's based on the, the long wave you know, infrared imagery that's sort of standard globally that's been used for many, many years. But now we have multiple channels and we can do different combinations of image channels together or sub add or subtract them in different ways. And you can sort of try to tease out different structure in the atmosphere, uh, not only for the hurricane itself, but the environment that it's moving into. Is there a, 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 a cold front approaching? What does the air mass look like uh, that the storm's moving into? Is it moist or dry? So there are lots of different tools that we have now. And then there's also more data from the satellite in terms of uh, being able to track the winds in different parts of the atmosphere. And we can look at that here. And that data also goes into the numerical models to help make their analysis and forecast better. So can you show us some of the images that we have on the screens around here are the, are the multi-colored 
And I don't know. You have to. Yeah, it. we have a we have some composite imagery that's a, like a red, blue, green type uh, multicolor image here that we're looking at, and this is one of those uh, images that's actually a a uh, combination of multiple channels from Go 16. So what you're looking at here, this is called an air mass product. So you're looking at uh, greens and 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 these orange these green areas are sort of moist tropical air masses, where these purples and blues are sort of cold continental air masses. So you can see there's a frontal boundary draped across portions of the United States. So, but when we would have a tropical cyclone or hurricane, you might be able to see these sort of tongues of dry air, which you're seeing here in these sort of oranges and reds that a storm might be moving into, or a disturbance might be uh, wrapped around, have dry air wrapped around it that could slow its development. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different tools here. We can also use this to monitor sort of the transition of hurricanes into extra tropical cyclones as they sort of lose their tropical characteristics and become more of a wintertime low. And so the, you've got Hurricane Michael yep. on on this screen, yep. and is it? Just, I mean, what is it that's that's better? Is it just the the imagery is so it's much clearer? Yeah, you actually have the visible channel imagery is a half a kilometer, so each pixel is down to a scale of just a few hundred meters. As it before, the uh, it's basically double what it was before. It was one kilometer in the old goes, but and having the one minute or uh, thirty second imagery, even at times, you can see structural changes in the eye wall. Uh, you can see little vortices rotating around in the eye, like right before landfall. You could see that. Um, it's not really something we're using here to make forecasts. Our forecasts are sort of on a longer time scale. You know, mm -hmm. we're doing forecasts on the time scale of hours to days. But it is useful for the research community uh, to try to understand better how the dynamics of hurricanes work. And also the GOES-16 has a lightning mapper on it. So we can actually get global lightning data, uh, which... It, previously had been restricted to land-based lightning networks. And there's been there's active research that's ongoing that's trying to look at lightning patterns and tie them to tropical cyclone mm -hmm. intensity change. So there's not a lot of clear answers on it yet, but now there'll be a lot more data for people to look at. Do you think, I know that the intensity forecasts are still a challenge. I mean, track is very good, but is GOES going to help at all, you think, with the intensity improving? Um, potentially. I mean, it, it, right now the, the GOES imagery is sort of used in an analysis mode. Um, if we can get more, a better analysis and better understanding of what's going on in the storm, that could potentially help with maybe especially the short-term intensity forecast. But uh, at this point, it's it's mainly used for the analysis. And I said we're still using things like the Dvorak technique. That, uh, But you get the images more often, so you can sort of see changes happen on different times scales, but we're still trying to understand what it what it actually all means, because when you're used to seeing a storm change on a sort of hour or multi-hour basis, and now you're seeing it change on a minute-to-minute -minute basis, you see all these fluctuations in the storm's character characterization and how the cloud pattern looks, and but you sort of have to smooth through that in your mind, because you can see all this variability, and you're not really sure if it's real or not, or, and again, we're operating on sort of that longer time scale where we'd have to try to smooth through some of that noise. One thing um, somebody mentioned to me was that the, the three water vapor channels are very helpful because they're different levels in the atmosphere right. and only one, you only had one available before. Right. Now that, we can, can you show that uh, yeah. on this, maybe on this so screen? So there's several different water vapor channels. There's a there's an upper level, a low mid-level, and a low level. And before, we pr previously only had this sort of mid-level water vapor channel. So this lets us look at sort of moisture in the atmosphere, how much dry air or rising or sinking motions going on. And you can see that uh, displayed as either moist or dry air in the water vapor channels. So now we can uh, actually see moisture and uh, vertical motion in, in the upper levels and in the mid levels and down into the low levels and the low levels are especially important we didn't really have a way to look at low level moisture before uh, so go 16 has provided us with some tools for that